Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. Edwards, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Grace. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It is a privilege to have you on, especially with your time in the service and even your time as a military child. So a couple basic questions. Who was in the military as one of your parents? So my father was. Uh, my father did 29 years in the Army. <clears throat> and so I was born and raised in the Army. I was born in uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia. Uh, was my was my start. Awesome. So you were born right into the military. Your dad had already begun his service. Yes, I was actually born in between two tours in Vietnam. So my, my father was, uh, he went on his first tour and, and he got, uh, he was combat wounded. And then he came back and during his recovery, um, that's when I came to, came to being. And then he went back for another tour and was uh, injured again and came back. Wow. Um, so... Uh, that's the kind of road uh, we started on, and we moved. At least I moved thirteen times, to thirteen different states and countries uh, during his own twenty-nine-year career. So that's a lot of moving for sure. Do you have like a list of them that you keep, or your favorites that you've been to? You know, I I wouldn't say there's any one particular favorite for sure. Uh, I do have a list uh, of the thirteen. And when you look, and when you look at the the states that I've been to, a couple of them were repeats. So Fort Stewart twice, Fort Benning twice, um, then the Hawaii, Korea, Nebraska, Kansas, Pennsylvania, Alabama, Virginia. Uh, kind of a a pretty large list there. Um, yeah. And a lot of addresses, you know, you you've experienced it too. Sometimes the first home isn't the right home when you go to a new duty station and. You end up moving a couple times while you're there, even if it is just a year or two. So, yeah, for sure. Do you have a specific place where you call home out of all of those? That is the that is the toughest question that we grow up with, right, Grace? It I mean, is. It is for sure. Where is home? And um, you know, I, I think I've always I've always grabbed hold of that that same answer that others use, which is. You know, home is where I am at the time or where the family is now or wherever the case may be. And I've, I've unfortunately, if, you know, maybe one of the questions that you're going to ask, you know, what do I, what do I feel like I lost out on when I was a military child? And that is the answer I'd give you, Grace. I'd say I, I unfortunately never got to experience having roots anywhere. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, I've continued that path because I'm, I'm now at 29 years. And so 29 years of following dad and I hit 29 years in February of this year. And I've never been able to call a place, uh, home for any longer than three years. That was my, my own longest assignment, but several locations for just, uh, six months. Uh, so it's, it's been a roller coaster. So what do I call home? I, I love to say that, you know, when I came into the Army, I called Florida my resident state. And so when people say, what are you? I'll say, hey, I'm a Floridian. But then, Grace, if you say, how long did you live in Florida? 
I might tell you not long at all, uh, just a yeah. couple months, right? So it's it's never been a a true home uh, in any regards. And then, you know, some people could say, well, call high school home. Well, that would be easy if I didn't go to four different high schools in four different years. So, you know, is it where, is it where you graduated from that you call home? And I think you and I share a lot in common uh, with many other military children where, you know, it's, it's the toughest question in the world, where's home? And I don't have an accent to help me. I can't speak like <laughs> right? And you don't have an accent. So, exactly. No. Yeah. And yeah, that is for sure the hardest question. And even though, you know, I didn't move around as much as people like yourself have. I only had three different states that I've lived in so far, but it's still the toughest question to answer because each one of the locations I lived means so much to me right. because it's part of my life. It's where I grew up. It's where I, you know, every, so many different milestones happened in each state. And sure. that's an important thing. And it's so hard to pick just one of them to call home. Did you have any siblings with you? So I have uh, three siblings. Uh, I have two sisters and a brother. And interestingly enough, one of my sisters is adopted uh, during our military tour in Korea. And so she's, uh, cool. she's half Korean, half, half American. Um, and uh, what a phenomenal addition. I mean, that's, that, was a, that was a gift as part of that military travel was to find somebody that we knew we could love trust and bring into our family. That's really awesome. And what was that experience like bringing someone else into the home and even having to acclimate your sister into the military life too? So it was a lot easier than you'd think. Um, <clears throat> part of it was because we were such good friends and such, such close friends before we adopted. So uh, we knew her. She was in a, in a very sad situation where she um, her father had left her at a very early age, and her mother was uh, terminally ill with cancer. And um, one of her, her mother, who was a great friend of ours, one of her, uh, her wishes before she passed was to consider taking on her daughter so that she knew that her daughter would have a good life. And I think it, was, it may have been easier for us to accept her as a, a new addition to the family because um, she was an only child. We had, uh, you know, run, run the muck with other kids, neighbors, and called everybody family. And so it was very easy for us to bring her on board. But I would be kidding myself if I didn't say that she, she didn't look a little timid and scared. And it just took time uh, to know that we, we loved and cared for her. But um, it, was, it was a great experience. We laugh about it now. I mean, now she's, yeah. she had, had run her a successful business and it's just been, uh, been great. And if you asked her some of the questions you might be asking me today, uh, she might be able to relate the little, the fewest or a little bit to uh, the military child life um, because she had, you know, slowly become an American citizen. And by the time she was getting her feet wet, my father was retiring. And so she didn't get to experience all those moves. Yeah. And it's definitely different with the amount of moves you experience. Uh, between child to child, even sibling to sibling, you experience a lot of different things for sure. Did you find it that you had a 
kind of friend everywhere you moved because when you move, you have to basically make all new friends and having siblings with you. Did you find that easier that you had more or less built in friends with you? So, okay. I, you know, we can go from one side of uh, the pros and cons of moving. And I would say that that is, that is probably the greatest thing about being a military child is just the, uh, the number of friends that you've got globally. Um, and it's a wonderful thing that when you throw a state out or somebody says, Hey, have you ever been to, I don't know, Idaho or somewhere like that sort then you say, yeah, and I've got some friends there. And it's, it's crazy where you have friends across the globe. So you can name several countries in addition to several States. And I always feel like I've got a home somewhere and we would not, yeah, we, people we, are willing to, to take you in. Yeah. We would not have had that had we not grown up the way we did. So it's just uh it's a great thing. It's a blessing. It is, for sure. And did your siblings experience a lot of the moves that you did? So my older brother certainly did. <clears throat> uh, so we were, we have about five years separation between uh, siblings. And so uh, I have an older brother and the sisters are both younger than me. Uh, so my brother got to experience one more move than I did. Which may seem like a lot, but in reality, it some of the moves become a blur, especially when you have so many of them. And being such a young child, it's hard to keep track of everything. Yeah, sure is. Even the memories. So as you start saying, you know, what is your fondest memory or whatever qu- tough questions you have for me? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I don't know all the folks that you might be interviewing you. Uh, or you're interviewing them, but I'd tell you that it's it's kind of tough, not just because of the number of moves, but uh, because of what I've experienced. I'm a little distanced now. So, so if you threw a grade out there and said, where were you in first grade, second grade, it's going to take me a little time to figure that out and be able to tell you. <laughs> but uh, You have to do like the calculations, figure out the years. and Yeah, I've got, I've got a rough or a vague idea of what that is, but yeah, you got to think about it. Yeah, for sure. Do you think being a military child yourself influenced you wanting to serve? Definitely did. It definitely did. Uh, it's, that's a fantastic question from you, Grace. I, um, it, was, it was super quick or super easy for me to realize um, the camaraderie, the friendships that were lasting a lifetime for my parents. Um, and that was part of what I, what I, why I joined and why, why the army or why the military life. It was the, the feeling of one, a bond, and a feeling of obviously becoming something bigger than yourself. And when I saw, when I saw the level or scale of influence, the, the walks of life, I mean, again, I love being able to have this conversation with you because I think you and I can both relate to, especially in today's troubling times, right? Where we start seeing division across country and and the like. I can, I can fortunately say that, um, I rarely experienced it if I experienced it all, right? I, I never, it was a wonderful thing to say that when you heard about other parts of the world struggling with divisiveness, whether it's you know, race, religion, uh, gender, whatever the case may be. The beautiful thing about being in the military is I, I never saw color. I never thought about religion. It was just a wonderful place to be in. And the friendships that you, you had, the family that you were a part of was just a wonderful thing. So I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. 
was awesome. That's really awesome. And it's one big family. It for sure is no matter what branch, no matter, you know, what deployments you've been on or what countries and states you've lived in, the entire military is one big family. And wherever you go, they'll always be willing to accept you. And I think that is definitely one thing that's hard for civilians to understand because when you move to a new school, uh, even as a child, a young child, you have to, you know, kind of force your way into some friendships. For sure. For sure. So on the school subject, did you attend a lot of DOD ran middle military schools or were you in private school or public school? Wow. So I got to experience a little bit of everything. Um, I started off at the early age and early grades of, of private school. So I went to uh, private school. One of them was uh, a series of, of Catholic or Christian schools uh, here in Virginia, actually, where we are now, um, not too far from here. Uh, DOD schools were predominantly for our overseas. So Hawaii and Germany had DOD schools at the time. Uh, Korea, um, the same. And it's, you know, I, I think that... It, was, it may have been a different population. I certainly favored the public schools greater than I did the DOD or private schools, only because of the, the culture and the experience that you get to observe uh, or be a part of. So, uh, but yes, I got, to, I got to experience all of them. Yeah, I find um, talking with people that a lot of people who move a lot prefer a DOD ran school. So it's kind of interesting that you say a public school because they only because of the fact that it's easy to transition into um, rather than a public school where you have to kind of make your way through it. And you can easily find friends in the DOD ran schools because everyone has experienced the military life and they know kind of what it's like moving and moving in and out of schools. So, but the public schools, you're right. They, you experience more of the culture around the area that you're living in for sure. So that's an interesting perspective. You just said, um, maybe based upon some of the other folks that you've interviewed or talked to. So I could, I think I could just as easily argue or counter with you that, uh, the speed of making friendships for me personally was faster in the public schools, and it was the DOD. And part of it is, you're right, you, you, you fall into a culture in the DOD schools where everybody is like you. Yes. You go to a public school, and guess what? You're the new kid on the block, and, yeah. and everybody wants to know about you, where you came from yes. the worst. <laughs> so the conversations, the questions, I mean, it was, it was that much faster and perhaps more exciting to surround yourself around folks that we're not familiar with the military or as familiar because a lot of the public schools, of course, are close to military installations and you've got a lot of military dependents that are there with you. Um, but I, you know, it's, it, I, it always put a smile on my face because, you know, I'll just use my high school experience for a minute. Four, di four different high schools in four years. My first high school was Seoul American High School in Korea. That was my freshman year in high school. And completely different environment, 
very remote. Some people would say it was very far behind what was happening in the United States. But you were you're part of that clicker culture that you kind of fell into. The next one was Illinois, which was an Air Force base where a lot of people don't know a lot about Army. It was a unique assignment for my father. And so there was a little bit of learning and growing and finding out who is who um, because you, you've been to different places. You haven't been to all these Air Force places. Here's a guy that's been in Army places. So that was kind of an attraction. Uh, next was Pennsylvania, and then there was Alabama. So you're looking at a spectrum of, of different locations and experiences. But it was fascinating to me that I'd sit and walk into class that first day. And yes, all of us have the jitters. You don't know anything about yeah. the teacher. You don't anything about you're still trying to figure out where your classroom is, much less who's going to be sitting next to you. But look how fast you start seeing people whispering about you, you know, raising <laughs> their eyebrows, looking at you, whatever the case may be. And there's a little bit of excitement there because you know that that first impression is important. But here's the fun to it. Um, sure. You you don't always have to take on the same personality, right? If I wanted to be Grace the punk rocker and walked into high school, <laughs> nobody would ever know what that difference is. Yet I would right. get all the experience to find out if I was included or excluded and everything else. And then the next, <laughs> the next assignment, I might have been Jock, Jock Edwards, right? Playing football, soccer, yeah. whatever the case may be. So it was, it was kind of fun to experiment with different personalities when I moved to different locations. So it's nice. And that's definitely a hard thing, especially in those high school years of finding really who you are yep. and going through those phases that, you know, any typical kid goes through. You get like looked at weird. You get judged because they're like, you changed because yeah. that's not who you were last year. But moving school to school, like every year, you can experience that and nobody's going to ask a question about right. it because they didn't know you before. Yep. Kind of erases the history. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned playing sports. Uh, did you play sports often in your moves or did that kind of happen in a certain time period? So I, I was active in at least one sport every move, um, sometimes two or three sports. So the, the challenge with that, of course, was uh, getting through the barrier of moving from junior varsity as a freshman or sophomore and moving into varsity because you're, you haven't been proven in that new school. You are also disadvantaged because when do, you, when do most people move? They move in spring, summer, or early fall, and they miss the, the repetitions you get from going to spring camp or spring training and having that bond. So, um, you know, part of it was, again, exciting because you had to prove yourself very fast when you got on the ground that, hey, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to benefit the team, uh, which was kind of nice. Uh, but at the same time, you, you kind of missed that click. Um, so you're a little behind, but exciting to try to get a fast start. And so, sure. but yes, I was, you know, maintaining that active lifestyle. I certainly didn't want, always want to do that, Grace, I'll be honest. Uh, it was my mom and dad that kicked me in the rear end. And said, okay, <laughs> you move to a new location, you are going to get into a sport and you're going to like it and you're going to do well at it. Right. And so yes. they, they were forcing me out the door, which of course forced making new friendships. Yeah. And that's very important, you know, with the many moves too. Did you find a sport that you drew more to? So I think I, I began to favor, I'm not a big guy. 
Uh, so I, when my, my freshman, sophomore year were the last years that I played football and then I found a love for soccer and track. And so okay. excelled in both of those when I was a junior and senior. That's super cool. Did you make a lot of friends doing those sports and rather than outside of school or in the classroom? Um, yeah, I was not, uh, I wasn't active in a whole lot of clubs or anything during the school. Uh, no, uh, no book clubs or, um, debate teams or anything of that sort. That was not my, my flavor. Um, it was really the, the sports side. So it was getting out of class and getting into training and, uh, doing that. That's awesome. So transitioning out of high school, did you know that you wanted to join the army or did you want to go to college? What were your plans out of high school? So I wanted to experience both. Uh, it was really for me just a matter of deciding when. So like you, I started with a local college and I thought, okay, first things first, let me keep, keep a pulse on education and keep that going. So I went to a local, local college and, uh, I would say that I was probably through my second quarter, um, of my freshman year where I started having the serious thoughts of, okay, what is it that I want to do and experience? And so I, um, I signed up to come in as an enlisted soldier first. And so I started my career with that, that enlistment, uh, which was during college. I later came back to college, but I'll get to that. Um, I joined enlisted and then I, um, had the ability to apply for what they called this green to gold program. And your dad might be familiar with it, but it's a commissioning program to move from enlisted to an officer. I applied for that program and the army took me on and offered to pay for my, the rest of my college. And in turn, I would have a commission and a service obligation of four years. And so I went back to school, in this case, went to Auburn University, uh, finished my, my bachelor's at Auburn, and was immediately commissioned as a lieutenant in the Medical Service Corps and started my own career. That's really awesome. Did you get, um, I guess, placed in the medical side of it, or did you want to do that? So I, I had it on my, my top three. You had to list yeah. what your preference was, um, but it was it was my number two on my list, and I was very very blessed to see how that panned out because I think that uh, after I got my feet wet in the medical community as a medical service corps officer, I started to see the uh, the great benefits that come about with that, uh, the educational opportunities, the worldly experience, the assignments of being a unique in, in a unique skill set really allowed you to get a taste of deploying or being a part of so many different units, where if you're in another specialty, you may not get those opportunities. Right. Do you think not just that you wanted to join the service at some point in your life, did you think that you would have joined right in the middle of your college or did you think you were going to join after? So I think the initial plan was join after. Um, I felt like I was getting behind the times uh, if I had waited any longer. And I, you know, like you, you and I were talking before we started this recording this evening that um, I felt like I had capacity to take on a little bit more. Here you were taking college classes and high school classes. And for me, I felt like I could do something above and beyond just the standard college courses. So it was working with an end state in mind. 
And I think that's really important to have some sort of goal that you're working towards because you don't want to, I mean, you were very uh, thankful to have your college paid for by the military for the most part, but a lot of people don't have that opportunity and, you know, it's getting a degree, but not knowing what you're going to do in the end with it. And it's very important to have sort of an idea of what you're going to do for the rest of your life, even at such a young age of your teenagers. For sure. What did, what encouraged you to complete all of these tasks that you've done in the military? And what were some of those that you've done? So what was my motivation to go after some of them? Yes. I told you about my, my mean parents, right? (laughs) I'm I'm kidding. Um, you know, they were, they were always challenging me to do more also. So part of it was just the, the nature of the house and the life that I grew up in. And, um, you know, we talk about being a military child, you know, something that you can relate to also is there seems to be a a trend or a culture, maybe a subculture of being a military child, where you have a sense of discipline and goals yes, and objectives that you want to go after. And um, so it's another thing that we can be thankful for is that you kind of, uh, you grew up in a, a world per se, a small world where you really needed to have a plan and kind of have a plan early. Um, nobody was going to hand you anything, but you knew that you needed it to, uh, to stay the course and commit yourself. And so when we talk about some of those, those goals or achievements or, or things that I wanted to accomplish, you know, the structure of the military by design really forces you to get after some of those objectives. And if you don't do it, then you're, you're going to be out, right? So yeah. if you wanted to make it a, a career of it, those are some early decisions. And a lot of people decide after a, a couple years in the military that, hey, this life isn't for me. You know, I want to I do something else or I want to get out early. I knew early on, uh, after following my father for those 29 years, that I wanted to make the most of it. And so my, my initial goal was I want to do 20 years. I want to hit that little retirement mark or whatever you want to call it. And it really wasn't, you know, first off, there is no such thing as retirement when you're leaving the military. So whoever, whoever started the word retirement, I, I think that they, they messed up. It's a, (laughs) it's a transition. You never leave it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a transition. You're right. You're, you're a soldier for life, a Marine or a sailor for life or airman for life, whatever the case may be. It's, it's part, it's kind of, it's part of you now, whether you wanted it or not, but it's also not the end when you get out of the military. There's so much more offers uh, or, or opportunities that are out there for you that we need to get away from that word, and it's called a transition. So, you know, when my transition comes up, it comes up. I went nine years beyond what my goal was. Um, and, you know, next year is the big 30. And unless the Army wants to keep me in, I have to get out at 30 years. That's just the, the magic number for them. Um, yeah. But, you know, when you talk about what I capitalized on throughout those 29, these 29 years, I went after further educational opportunities. So I've gotten two master's degrees after they paid for that bachelor's degree, two more master's degrees. Um, I wanted to, uh, again, part of being bigger than yourself is taking the hard jobs, doing those jobs well. And really, when you're in a position of leadership, Leading people not just to replace you, 
but leading people to be better than you. And that should be all of our goals is to, uh, is to make sure that those that you might have a, be lucky enough to mentor or lucky enough to coach and teach, to be able to look them in the eyes and say, look, I, I am committed to you and I want you to be better than me. So let me share some of that little bit of wisdom I might have for that little bit of experience and take what you want. But my goal is to see you excel. And, uh, and that'll let me know that I was in, in part a little successful in that. Sure. And I talking to a lot of soldiers too, I find that that's, that means the world to them because not only are you helping others out along the way, but you're more or less bringing up the new generation to lead the country more or less. You're helping to build that. It's a great feeling. Yeah. Do you think that your time as a military child um, instilled that discipline in you to do more? Yeah, it certainly did. And then, you know, Grace, it's fun having this conversation with you because um, I love being able to spend time with my soldiers and their families and being able to look at their children and be able to relate to it and say, you know, yes, it was a different era or a different time, but a lot of the challenges were the same. And so when I see that, uh, you know, whether it's the mom or dad bringing the kid to the workplace, so you can kind of jump up and down on tanks with us or whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, the reality is, is I, I see the excitement. I see the, the nervousness. I keep thinking, you know, I was, I was in your shoes. It seems like yesterday, it may have really been 30 years ago, but I was in your shoes. And it's, it's kind of neat to be able to see how our, uh, you know, and I think we're in the month of the military child right now too. So congratulations on doing this. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's still awesome. And I, I don't know that all of our military children really appreciate. And, and, and I didn't, right. When you're, when you are that military child and you're going through that rough patch or that new place that you might be going to, you're, you're it's too early to really know what you just had the opportunity to appreciate. And I think as the years go by, you're going to reflect and say, I got to go here. I got to do this. I got to meet these people. And a lot of others just can't relate to that. Exactly. And it's definitely hard and you experience challenges that not a lot of, a lot of other people experience. And for me, some of the challenges were leaving a new place or a place that I had lived for you know, Ohio, I had nine years there. Texas, I had three. And it was a hard transition between different areas because you didn't know what to expect. And you missed the last place or I missed the last place I lived. And I will never forget moving to Florida and literally being upset with my parents for three years because we left Texas. Yeah. You just get into this routine and then it gets disrupted by having to move. And, you know, I remember um, all these times that we had and then I'm like, I'm not going to make these new memories where we go next. Like, what are you talking about? There's, this is where my memories are. And so it's definitely a hard challenge that you have to face as a military child and not a lot of people understand those challenges. I can certainly relate to it. I'll tell you, I was, uh, 
I was the kicking, screaming, crying. I'm not getting on that, <laughs> not getting on that plane, not getting in the car. And, sure. you know, part of it is the feeling that you, you've made the best friends that you think you're ever going to have, that you're in that perfect world. And, um, I mean, I was guilty of trying to work deals with my friend's parents to say, Hey, can I live with you for the next few years? Why my, why my parents keep moving. I'm, I, I was guilty of that. And I know a lot of my, my military friends, uh, military ch- children friends or kid friends were, were the same way. We were always plotting on how we could stay longer and live with other, other parents, right, to stay in that yeah. location. But uh, truth be told, uh, those transitions were pretty quick, at least for me. Three years sounds like a lot for you, Grace. I mean, I, <laughs> you can't be angry at your parents for three years because of a move. I think I, I never went, I, know. I don't, I don't think I ever went longer than just a few months of making their life miserable, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I think what made it hard for those three years was that our, that was our transition out of the military too. Okay. I like to think of it that Ohio to Texas was transitioned into the military because dad got out of the military in 2003, a year after I was born. He was medically discharged and then he took a seven-year break. And right after that seven-year break, he ended up deploying and that's when he got injured. And then we all of a sudden moved to Texas. So that was like more or less my introduction to the military. And then we were removed from it because of his retirement. And then um, or his transition out. There you go. Good for you. (laughs) His transition out and... You know, it was such a hard, it was so hard as a military child to understand what it meant to live in the military life and then leave it for, you know, the rest of, I mean, technically the rest of my childhood. Yeah. See, you you experienced something that I did not get to experience. My, My father was still serving as I was coming on board. So, yeah, I never knew anything different. Yeah, for sure. And do you think that uh, you have kids of yourself? Is that right? Yes, we have two. Do you think that uh, military lifestyle that you grew up in and that you've known for your whole life, do you think that affected the way you raised your kids more in either a positive or a negative way? Yeah, so I, I, I think the safe answer, Grace, is yes. And, and, you, yeah. can, and you can laugh about that. Um, there is... There's certainly the feeling that you're, you're providing your children something better, um, giving them the same experience that maybe you had had. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I felt a little sense of guilt also because, you know, I'm, I'm one part of that family unit. I, I shouldn't be the, the one that has to feel like I've got to have an answer for everything. And unfortunately, our soldiers often do. I mean, you ask my beautiful wife, Renee, and she'll give you, give you every war story in the world of how I, I always feel like I've got to fix something or have a solution for it. And um, so if there's something when I reflect on our own kids is that uh, you don't give them a lot of choice. You know, we're packing up, we're moving. Here's, here's what you got to do or what you're going to do. And so there's a sense of guilt there as a parent that um, you feel like you've got to make every decision for your, your child. And um, I would say they probably both experienced some of the good, some of the bad, and I certainly never wanted to feel like I had to force them into any decision that would have lifelong consequence. So I wanted them to be independent thinkers, to be able to have their own experiences, and um, 
certainly never gave them a hard time for saying, why didn't you join the army like I did? You know, it's, <laughs> that was never the case. I might joke with them every now and then and say, hey, you'd, sure. you'd be better for it. But uh, the reality is that they're both doing very well. They're both happy, healthy. You can't, you can't ask for more than that. And they got jobs. How's that? In these difficult That's times. That's even better. So even better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say my parents definitely encouraged me to go straight into a military academy like West Point. Um, that came up a lot when looking at college decisions. Yeah. Um, just because they knew the military life and they knew how they knew it came with both goods and bads, but they how much it because it changes you. And, you know, they really encouraged that, especially since I could get into West Point with, you know, my dad's service and my academics, I could get into it. But at the same point, I decided West Point wasn't exactly for me, but who knows down the road, I don't foresee it, but you never know. So. That's right. That's right. Do you feel that your service has done justice to what your dad did, if that makes sense. Do you think you've lived up to what you hoped that you would have done? Well, if he was sitting here beside me, he would say that I certainly have. Um, but, you know, as uh, I've never felt compelled um, to feel like I, I had to compete with dad. I mean, if you, if you, if I were to ask myself, you know, did I want to, uh, did I want to bring a sense to my, both of my parents, not just my dad, that, uh, I belonged and I was doing the right thing and, uh, that I wanted them to be proud of me. Absolutely. I think every child wants their parents to be proud of them, regardless if they're following their footsteps and wanting to serve or not. Um, and I, with as much as they say how proud they are of me, I certainly feel like I've answered the mail, but I've never been in the competition with, yeah. uh, with pops on what he's done. So I'm very proud of what he did during his time. And I'm very proud of what I've done. Um, couple more questions, but what has been your favorite part of your life, both as a military child and then serving yourself, whether that. Do you want me to divide those? Once as a military child and then once as a military yourself. Okay. Um, (laughs) I could almost give now that I well it's because we shared so much at the beginning of this interview I I think that uh, I told you up front that one of the greatest things about being a military child was the the connections and lifelong friends that you that you make and so when you you talk about some of the the big accomplishments or what I'm most proud of it was uh being able to stay in touch with some of those friends um and at the same time, um, being able to adapt and overcome, right? So everybody's got an acronym yes. to that word, word brat, <laughs> military brat. And so, you know, you might have your own spelling of what that acronym means, the old traditional bold, resilient, adaptive, and tenacious, or some people will have other words like T for trustworthy and um, a, a number of other joking things. But I think the reality is that there is a, a great thing that you can be proud of, and that's the agility or adaptability that you've experienced as a kid that I think really rolls into your um, your adulthood and what you can overcome. So one one feeds the other. But I was I was very proud of just simply being um, 
a part of something great as a child, playing my role as uh, somebody that my parents could be proud of. And then when I, when I came on board myself and, and put this uniform on, um, I think it goes back to the comment I made to you earlier about the ability to bring out better for people, put them in a great place. I mean, again, if I, if I see people that I led, whether in peace or in combat, that are doing well right now, that's, that's all the reward I need. I don't need anybody to say thank you. I don't need anybody to pat me on the back. If I see them ultimately achieving goals and dreams that they wanted, I can be proud of that. I think that says a lot, too, of your service that you've had in these past 29, almost 30 years as well. Thank you. Do you have any plans after retirement or a transition out? Yeah, so I might... Uh, I might put a challenge out to your dad to see if he can catch the biggest <laughs> fish in Florida. Let's see if I can head down there. Um, you know, it's we're, we're getting to that point where um, my wife and I are having a lot of those conversations right now. Um, to be honest with you, Grace, if I could, if I had the, if I had the luxury of doing anything I wanted to do when I'm done with the military, which again, I'm I'm enjoying being in it right now. I, I'm not I'm not ready to transition. Um, but when I do transition, I think what I would, what I'd like to do is get back into a, a, a service role. I, I want to continue to serve. It may not be in uniform, but if I could, I would take that job, sure. Grace, that pays no money. If I could serve, if I could serve my community and still live, right? So um, it's it's just one of those things where I felt like that's that's my calling is to continue to help. And I think that's really important, especially in the world we're living in today. And not a lot of people are willing to do that. And we need more of just a heart of service in these communities that don't experience that as much, for sure. One final question. What advice would you give to a military child? Enjoy it. I mean, if it was those simple words... um, you know, this, this is an experience that uh, they only get one shot at, really. I mean, you're a military child. You're part of a very small, unique population. And so enjoy it, be proud, and uh, know that you'll benefit from it. I think that's great advice for sure. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate that. And it's such an honor to have you on. So good luck in your future endeavors and everything you're working towards. And thank you. Yeah, Grace, I'm, I'm very, very impressed. And I'm very, thank very you. proud of you. It tells me that mom and dad have brought you up the right way. And um, I'm truly proud of your dad, too. Um, you know, it, it's the time that we had together. He taught me a lot. And uh, you've got a great, great role model and mom and dad to follow. So continue to do great things. You've always got me to lean on. If there's something I can do to help you, we consider you family you. also. And I can say my dad would say the same thing. He appreciates you and even my mom. We appreciate you and your wife and we love you and consider you family as well. Well, we love you and we'll see you again, I promise. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Graceville Military Child podcast. For more inspiring stories like these, be sure to review, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. 
You can also find us on at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Instagram and be sure to check out our YouTube page. If you are or know of a military child who would like to be featured on an episode of this podcast, DM us on Instagram. Be sure to tune in next week when we hear another inspiring story. Until then. Thank you.